0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is part 11 in the series The Armour of God. This is the evening session of Sunday the 30th of August 2009 and the Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18. Here's Pastor Russ Iverson. I'm doubly thankful you all chose to come out on a cold rainy night to put up with me. Not everybody that does that. Anyway, we find ourselves, it's almost kind of like the end of a soap opera. We're in the last the last uh, episode. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. In Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, it's been a real blessing being here. And renewing my acquaintance with the Sure Brothers microphone makers. And uh, I always used to say they made me sound better than any other brand. Ephesians chapter 6, picking up verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We mentioned previously... We have a series of participles which are all grammatically subordinate to the imperative in verse 14. That imperative we said was stite, the secondarist active imperative, a command to a simple linear action, a one-time continued action to stand, to abide, to continue. Our verse here then would pick up with the thought of standing and amplify it by singing, uh, stand therefore uh, through all prayer and supplication, uh, continually praying in every season of opportunity in uh, partnership with the Holy Spirit and into this thing, sleeplessly uh, attendant, watchful in all persistency. But it is here that our text again picks up. And the... Uh, received text there reads Kai uh, DC, Hari Pantun Ton agiun. Kai being the cumulative conjunction and DC is the uh, dative singular feminine noun, the indirect object, supplication, request, prayer. Pari- Normally is the preposition that we usually would read around or through, but when it is tied to a genitive, peri becomes the preposition of occasion, concerning, respecting, uh, for, or on behalf of. Pontoon is the genitive plural neuter adjective all, every. Tun agiun, the genitive plural neuter article and adjective. Agiun is sacred who are blameless, holy, saints. We're talking about people who are morally blameless because of the imputed righteousness of Christ. Praying for others is not new to Paul. Uh, We would draw your attention to uh, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, picking up in verse 1, he says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Paul exhorts prayer for all men. Supplication here is Decius, petitions, requests, supplications. It comes from degamide, to, to beg, to, uh, as binding oneself. Uh, here is a, 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 a seeking redress of a need, uh, uh, and not letting go until that need is met. Prayer here, prosukas is prayer, it's worship, it is ascribing praise and, uh, and love to God. It encompasses all forms of prayer. Intercessions here, uh It's a term that uh, speaks of uh, uh, our freeness of access. Uh, it's a, a meeting with. It's to come to God with boldness. It's to uh, interrupt another. It's used twice here, and uh, uh, and uh, also it is used as, as prayer in one Timothy chapter four and uh, verse five, where he says here, uh, um, "For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer." The only two uses of it in the New Testament it comes from antugan uh antuganu as to uh, to chance upon to confer with to entreat to make intercession but antiganu find used by paul in several places uh, back in romans chapter 8 and verse 27 and uh, He says there, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And there we have the Holy Spirit who works in the hearts of the believers and makes intercession for us. Or we see in um, 8.34 of Romans, he says here, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. It is Christ who intercedes with the Father on our behalf. Or uh, we could look over in Romans chapter 11 and verse 2. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. What he not, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. And uh, there Elijah prayed against uh, Israel. Uh, We find in uh, Hebrews chapter 7 and uh, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. And Paul here tells us uh, of Christ. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost to come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. We have a great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Or we would notice in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans 8, 26 we have here a different word. Actually, it's antugani, uh, but it's got a... A, a, a preposition prefixed to it. Hupair is over or above. It's the preposition of superimposition, and the Spirit intercedes above on our behalf. We see in Romans there, eight twenty-six. 26 Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But here, the stem word, is to bring to pass, to attain, or secure, to effect. And it would seem that our word intercession bears the thought of of a, a free access with a goal to accomplish in mind. We're also talking about thanksgiving as well. Eucharistius, giving of thanks. It's grateful language to God as worship. Peter makes the point as to why we are to pray for others. We see in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, and uh, picking up in uh, uh, verse 8, he says here, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil's a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that uh, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, and uh, uh, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. He says, Peter, is encouraging the brethren, Jewish brethren, who uh, were wavering under persecution. And uh, and uh, uh, like both James and Hebrews, these Jewish, uh, the epistles, these Jewish believers were uh, beginning to uh, waver because fellow Jews, albeit unsafe, appeared to be getting a better deal under Rome, and envy and bitterness were beginning to creep into the hearts of the saints. I'm reminded this is free. It's not in the notes, but I believe it's in Psalm 73. Asaph had been song leader under David. And he continued under Solomon, and he began to see the wickedness creep into Solomon's reign. And in Psalm 73, uh, Asaph pens a word there that, uh, that lends itself really to to illustrate our point. And uh, he says... Uh, Psalm 73, verse 2, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. How many is it times, is it, brethren? We take a stand and we do right, and it seems the wicked prosper. I think it was Brother Carl and I were talking a little bit before the service, and uh, Anymore, it seems in our day and age that uh, that uh, governments kind of lost sight of things. But uh, Paul in our text urges earnestness towards perseverance in supplicating God for all saints. Note that in Ephesians, Paul restricts it to the saints. He says, praying always with all prayer and all supplication and the Spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All saints, fellow believers in the warfare to whom also God has given the armor. We're to hold one another. But rather, notice here he says, rather than praying for ourselves, we're to pray for others. Absolute greatest thing that we can do, one for another, to pray one for another. To pray one for another. I, I went through a thing earlier this week, and and it, 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 the, the 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 oppression was indescribable. And I was able to get on the email and email a couple of close trusted brethren and just say, hey guys. Uh, I'm going through something here. I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I can't go into it, but I need you to pray for me. And they did. And God brought me through. But you know, the greatest privilege we have is to take the needs, take the cause of another before our Lord. Why? Because when we pray for each other, it strengthens the bonds between brethren. It deepens our love for the brethren. It, to take, to, to, looking at our physical body, for example, uh, when one part is injured, the rest of the body strives to compensate. Uh, an excellent example might be if, if, if someone is, is suddenly made blind, But it's almost a universal testimony that when when someone suddenly goes blind, almost in every case, the hearing becomes far sharper to try to compensate. The sense of touch becomes far more sensitive to try to compensate. But there's an interesting word picture that we could look at that Paul uses in Romans chapter uh, 8 and verse 26, Romans 8, 26, he says here, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And we see there the words also helpeth. And in the Greek, that's the word there, soon ante lambonitai. And it's a contemporaneous action the Spirit of God takes when we pray. Soon as the preposition of union, with or together, anti here is opposite or instead uh, or in place of. Lambano is to take or to get hold of. Ante lambanomai is to take hold of in turn to succor to uh, uh, participate to help to uh, to support soon. Ante lambanati is to take hold opposite or together to cooperate to assist to help. It's kind of like my my brother-in-law. I married into a farming family. I married the farmer's daughter, and uh, and uh, as a result, I got the farmer's uh, son, who's also a farmer. But uh, I remember one time Wayne and I were out in the fields when I was up there, and we were trying to do soybeans, only it began to be a day like it is right now. It started chucking down rain, but Wayne had to get those soybeans in. And he went charging on down the field, lickety-split. He, he he was going down through that field. And the first thing you know, we got them all bound up inside. And we had to take, the, take the, the grids out and unjam all the grids, and we got that done. And then he started... And while we were doing that, the wheels went down in the mud. And there's this big hole old uh, uh, case harvester way down in the mud and he tried to get it out he had the duels on he just was digging himself in deeper he said take the truck go get dad so I hopped in the truck and went back to the house and said hey dad Wayne's buried the combine and so dad gets I pick him up, we go down to the shed, he gets out the big monster humongous case tractor and it's got duals on all over the place and dad goes trundling down to the field and hooks on the chain. Dad wasn't going anywhere either. And uh, thankfully Wayne had another chain. He said, you get in the truck. So we have a chain on the combine for the case now I've got to change from the case to the Ford with the four wheel drive. I'm up on the road. And he had some sawed off railroad ties in the back of the bed, chunked them under the four wheels. And I'm kind of easing on the, on the juice there, trying to slowly pull this thing with the four wheels. I'm on the, the road where it's no mud. And slowly, I get the case to moving. And the case begins to dig in, and we finally get the combine pulled out. Took a while. But you know, uh, you and I are the tractors with the load that's bogged down. And the Holy Spirit's in the four-wheel drive up there with the solid footing that gets the forward momentum. It's a partnership. And if we have the Holy Spirit aiding us in prayer, how great a failure is it when we let one another down by not praying? Samuel told Israel that he's not going to sin against God in failing to pray for them. You know, you can sin by neglect. Israel had rejected the theocracy. They'd rejected God's rule through his word and the system of judges that God had put down in his word. And they went to God's judge, the prophet Samuel. They demanded the king, why? We want to be like everybody else around us. Conformity. Conformity the things of the world, wanted to be like the world. And Samuel says over there, in 1 Samuel 12, 23, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. I think sometimes we miss the sight of something too. Uh, We say, well, if I do it, nobody's hurt. Well, David learned a lesson. I mean, he and Bathsheba were kind of consenting. But uh, Bathsheba's husband got hurt fatally. God's testimony was destroyed. Nathan walks into David, sticks his bony fingers, smacked between his eyeballs and said, Thou art the man, and you've given great occasion for the enemies of God to blaspheme. In another place, David tells us all sin is against God. And Samuel says, God forbid that I would sin against the Lord and cease him to pray for you. But praying for other believers builds love and it builds unity in the congregation. It builds love and unity in God's family. But it goes even further. When we are earnestly praying for others, we grow proportionately less self-centered and selfish when we put the needs of others first we don't spend as much time looking in the mirror you know it enables us to it enables us to be less focused upon our own situation it decreases the chances of our Uh, magnifying it all out of proportion. You know, a lot of problem the folks have with depression is just they've just blown self all out of proportion. Self has gotten bigger than the universe. Self has gotten bigger than God. Matter of fact, when self gets that big, throws God out. And uh, it perpetuates. We get our focus off of self. It's amazing how much depression disappears. But more importantly, there's other things that Paul would tell us in God's Word. For example, Galatians chapter six, verse two. He said, "Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." What law of Christ? Well, Galatians five, fourteen. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he goes on, Galatians 6.2. "Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Or we find over Romans chapter 15, Romans chapter 15, picking up in verse one. We then, that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor. for This is good edification. You know, when we got saved, we were left behind for a reason. We were left behind and not taken home to glory that we might grow that we might come alongside a young one in Christ and put an arm around and help to build him up, help to edify him, help to grow him in Christ. But if we're so stuck on self, how many do we grow? How many do we edify? How many do we build to be giants for the Lord Jesus Christ? And we wonder why the world around us is going to hell in a handbasket because we're stuck on stupid. We're stuck on self. And we're not doing our bit and growing up the brethren, edifying the brethren, and reaching out to those around us. But see, the world, the philosophy of the world creeps in. And it's so defeating. The more we become more like the world, the more impotent we become With the Lord Jesus Christ. Or Philippians chapter 2, picking up in verse 4, Paul says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. He's not advocating covetousness. No, he's advocating brotherly concern. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus He being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Being found in fashions of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and things in heaven and things in earth and things unto the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Paul has lifted that directly out of Isaiah. But you notice in verse 4 he says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It lends itself well to the definition of agape. Biblical love is seeing another's need and determining to meet the need despite the cost which Christ did. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We have his example. That's what Christ did. Paul says over in Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, picking up in verse 14, he says there, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death That is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abram. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, and that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succour them also that Are tempted. What was it Paul said? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Part of that mind is intercession. A big part of that mind is intercession because he's at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding on our behalf. He is our high priest. He is our advocate. He's there in a scene. Can we do any less? Can we do any less? We know a brother has need. Do we spend time praying for him? When the Spirit of God, that still small voice, whispers down inside, I need you to pray for so and so. Do we take the time? Or do we just salve our conscience? God bless him anyway. And just go on with what we're doing. Kind of leads into a couple of other thoughts and close. Peter said over here. If I can get the right Peter, one Peter, I think it is, chapter five, verses five and six. He says, "Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you, be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. God resisteth the proud, giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God." that he may exalt you in due time, we never outgrow our need to be on our knees. We never outgrow our need to help a brother. We never get to be too big to bend down to help a brother. I wished I had time. Not long ago, I was back in the Psalms, and I ran across another one of those 50 P Hebrew words. And basically it means that God bends down, condescends to help another. But we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Picking up in verse 3, Paul writes. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know, he goes on, he says, as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. We're left here to grow. We're left here to experience life. We're left here to experience God's workings on our behalf that God in turn can use us to impart those blessings to one another which is why Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 10, I am one that I don't believe in mystical bodies. I don't believe in invisible churches. Mystical bodies and invisible churches don't edify anybody. Hebrews chapter 10, Paul writes, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. He's faithfully promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I never could figure out why. When someone had a tragedy... In life, someone had a heartache in life. Someone had a disaster in life. First thing they did was swell up and skip church. It doesn't make sense. It goes against what the Word of God says. Maybe I can illustrate it this way. God took our daughter Deborah when she was 14. She died a horrendous death of brain cancer. Took her about a year. She went through several brain surgeries. The last one left her paralyzed on her left side. It took away her current memory. But you know what? Till the day the Lord took her home, she wanted to be in church. She wanted to be in church. She wanted to be with God's people. And she was there. We made sure she was there. Number one, because Mom and Daddy needed the fellowship of the saints, because Deborah needed the fellowship of the saints. David and Hannah needed the fellowship of the saints. But not only that, it encouraged the saints that we were there. But the day that we had Deborah's funeral was a Tuesday. And it was Tuesday afternoon. And, uh, Wednesday night, I was in my normal place. And uh, I kind of snook in, and uh, quietly. But my pastor was up there preaching, or well, actually he was up there starting the service. Good old preacher pointed me out. At the end of the service, the lady in front of me stood up and turned around she said it's such a blessing that you're here tonight I want you to know because of your faithfulness and the faithfulness of your family the testimony that you had I went home last night after the funeral I knelt down by the side of my bed I want you to know I got saved. I'm glad you're here tonight so I could tell you. Folks, we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful in prayer, but then that has its outworkings. We need to be faithful in God's house. We need to be faithful upholding the saints. We need to be faithful encouraging one another, exhorting one another as we see the day approaching. And it's like, I think it was Brother Steve or somebody said earlier today, we see more and more and more evidence of that day approaching. You know, as I was preparing for this tonight, get stomped all over my toes. Big time. I got to confess it. Because I'm not happy with what's going on on the other side of the puddle. But I got all kinds of stomped on. Because really, God ordained human government to protect righteousness. It's easy to throw stones when government leaders they bronze-plated four-door turkeys and not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But when they're bronze-plated four-door turkeys and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, protecting righteousness, that means we got to quadruple the efforts to be praying for them that they'd get right with God and do what they're supposed to be doing. Rather than throwing stones at them, we need to be praying about, about them, telling God about them. Rather than complaining one to another, our oh, Prime Minister did this, and the President did that, or, mm, the members of Parliament did that and stole all the money and cleaned out their swimming pool. We oh, need to tell God about it. Ask God to convict them. Maybe if more of us were doing that, we wouldn't be getting what we deserve in government. Father, thank you that your word stomps on toes. Thank you that your word is there to edify and to instruct. Thank you that you've entrusted to us the ministry of the royal law to love one another, edify one another, comfort one another, exhort one another. And that all begins with praying one for another. Father, find us thankful. Find us interceding. Find us worshiping. And find us faithful, modeling Christ. For whether we do it or not, He's there, faithful but he will hold us accountable for what we've done in following his example and what we've done following the admonition, Father of your word. Lord, find us faithful to take up and put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel that we can lean into the enemy and stand. Find us hiding behind that shield Find us within that breastplate of righteousness that's Christ's righteousness laid to our account. Find us in your word, brandishing the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Find us with that helmet of the security of the truth of the gospel bound around us around our heads, garrisoning our minds that Satan doesn't feed us the lie and put us on the slippery slope. And Father, find us faithful in neology, getting down and praying one for another that needs might be met and bonds established and strengthened that we can stand and having done all, stand. Days of evil. Growing more and more evil around us. Which makes it incumbent upon us to be more fervent in prayer. One for another. That the devil doesn't have that opening wedge to divide a fellowship. And neuter its effectiveness for Christ. Oh, Lord, we look around today, see churches failing, that once stood true. And I'm willing to bet any amount of money that when we go back, if we were to go back and to look and find out where they first began to deviate, they got off the prayer rug and stood up and started criticizing. Instead of praying and interceding, they began carping, and everything else began to slide from there. Father, find us faithful to love one another, pray for one another, and be faithful in serving you. We'll be careful to give you the praise and thanks for it in Christ's precious name. He alone's worthy.